Hello and welcome to When Passion Meets Profit. This is a podcast dedicated to real life stories told by ordinary people. And you know what they did? They discovered their passion and then they learned they could make a very good living, a great living actually, using the talents and skills that they came into this world with. I'm Patricia Noldrain. I'm your host for this podcast. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Mystical Monthly Series. I'm Patricia Noldrain, and this is the podcast, When Passion Meets Profit. Today on our Mystical Path, I'm having a conversation with Elena Gorley, and I consider Elena a very famous hypnotherapist. I don't care whether she believes that or not. <laughs> I believe that. And so I'm just going to welcome Elena. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you today? <laughs> Where I'm doing great, Lena. And, you know, I wanted to start off because the name of this is, is hypnotherapy the thing that's going to work for you? And uh, I just think the world of hypnotherapy, and of course, I'm brand new to your world, but what does a hypnotherapist do? Let's start off with just that. Yeah, great question. So hypnotherapy is where we access the subconscious. So I was a talk therapist for a long time too. So my sessions are definitely a hybrid where we talk, we check in, and then we get into the subconscious work. And that is where all of our thoughts and past events and memories are stored, including any traumas, grief, losses, the really hard stuff that happens to us. And our subconscious is what dictates our thoughts, behaviors, feelings, emotions. And so oftentimes people are not consciously aware of why they are acting in a certain way. So I, we, and we do a lot of practical work as well. So we talk in the beginning, we do the hypnosis piece. And at the end, we wrap up with now, how do we apply this to your day-to-day -day life? And that's, really how people can start to see very significant changes in their behavior and their patterns of behavior and their relationships, just across the board improvements. You know, I heard, and I don't know what, what the statistic is, Elena, but maybe you do, but you said you were a talk therapist at one time. What is, I heard that somebody said you could talk therapy 600 times as compared to six sessions with hypnotherapy. Now, I'm, I could be way off with those numbers, but tell me what your thought is on that. Yeah, I don't know those exact numbers. I've heard that statistic, and it's probably one that I should have written down because it, it is a very drastic mm -hmm. difference between the two in effectiveness. And yeah, I, I find that to be very true. So when I'm seeing people for, I see a lot of people for anxiety. And oftentimes, anxiety has been a lifelong issue for them. And with anxiety, we I like to do six sessions once a week for six sessions. And then we step down to every other week. And then we go to once a month. But I just had a client that we're now in that monthly tune-up or check-in. And she went from having five to seven panic attacks per day. She could not work. She could not take care of her kids. It was just a constant worry of hers. She has had, I think she had one, but it was a very traumatic incident that happened that I don't want to share because it's, you know, her story, but very, very traumatic and had one after that. But 
from five to seven a day to basically zero. I mean, anybody would have a panic attack in what had happened. And that was within, I think we've been working together for three or four months now. So massive improvement in just that very, very short amount of time. Yeah, I'm going to find that statistic. I wrote it down, but uh, because I was really amazed at that. And that that just seems like such a plus on your side that some, mm-hmm. you know, go ahead and do talk therapy. And I think it works for some and you might have to do it six or seven times. But most people go for years and years. Mm-hmm. And I just I'm just really a, a believer in hypnotherapy. Yeah. And there is a part of that where talking to somebody, so even just venting, getting things out is very, very helpful. And so a talk therapist has skills to to help people move through those emotions. So there are some people where they do find that very helpful just to be able to have somebody to talk to. They just don't have a parent or a friend or a partner where they can, you know, work through those things. So, uh, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. But obviously, I am very much in favor of hypnotherapy and absolutely love what I do and see such amazing results with the work that I do. Well, I love that you say it's the hybrid where you do both. I think that's Mm -hmm. just marvelous because I know that I need to at least have somebody talking with me, even ahead of some kind of a session, because I went to somebody years and years ago and there was no talking whatsoever. It's just go ahead, relax. Let me ju-. and see. To me, that's not getting to the heart or the core of what the issue is. And I love that you do that. Yes, exactly. I like to have an, a feel, an idea of what's going well in their life and what's not going so well. Mm-hmm. And that way, that when we get in there, we can get to the root of that. And yes. that's that's the secret sauce. We need yeah. to get to the underlying reason for that particular issue in their life. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Elena, what I love to do, and I purposefully do not read people's bios. I put it in the show notes and I also put it when I go, you know, send everything out to everybody. But I love to ask people what they're like when they were little people. And so when you were a little girl, you know, I I don't know your first memory of being a little girl, but kind of summarize what you were like as a little person. Yeah, I, I was thinking a lot about that question. The thing that I remember a lot from that, you know, first grade, second grade age is that I think that's when I first started realizing that I could feel other people's emotions and was very aware. So I spent a lot, definitely second grade. I remember I cried all the time Mm -hmm. and was often I would pretend that I was sick so that I could go to my grandma's house because at my grandma's house, we got to watch the prices right and eat saltine (laughs) crackers and drink Sprite. And it was just I felt safe and Mm -hmm. loved and, and just cared for there. And I was I was thinking back on that, like, why was that? And I really think it was because I could feel you know, the other little kids anxiety about being away from their parents and the teacher's stress. And I, you know, I could read if somebody didn't like me or was frustrated with me. And that's a lot for a little tiny person to take on. I have a a, a six-year-old, a nine-year-old, and an almost 13-year-old. And thinking of how little they are and the fact that I was having those kinds of thoughts then really kind of makes me sad. But I also loved playing. I come from a huge family. I have 
40 first cousins oh, on wow. my mom's side. Yeah. <laughs> and I think there's 74 second cousins. <laughs> so every Sunday we would go to both grandma's houses and just play. The kids went outside. We played all kinds of games. We'd play, come in and play board games. So we just had so much fun. And a lot of my cousins are still like, you know, some of my very best friends. So, it, you know, there was definitely these two parts of me that really enjoyed life, but then also felt life really, really deeply. Yeah, yeah. I, I always thought that was kind of like a double-edged sword uh, to be you mm-hmm. and have, the you know, feel that kind of stuff. And then, but then it's also such a gift. It is. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. And that's the good thing is that I've learned how to harness that to be able to help people even more. So because I can feel other people's pain, I can help them become more aware of it. When people have traumas, they're not always aware of of storing pain in their neck or in their belly. You know, I'll hear people say, "I'm my neck is tight, uh, but I don't know why, or my belly's upset, and I'm not sure about that. But because I can feel into that, I can help them figure that out and then also release it so they're no longer carrying that with them. And it's why I love to work with kids. I see a lot of parent-kid combos, usually in that age 9 to 11 range. That seems to be a really tough time for a lot, like a, a transition point. And I love being able to help kids become aware because oftentimes they're like me. They feel other people's pain. They're influenced by the energies around them. And so I help them understand that and be able to cope with it and manage it so that it's not impacting them in a negative way. That's wonderful. You know, once we talk about your passion, and let's just say your passion is this hypnotherapy, because I know you do many other things also. Mm-hmm. And please tell us all those things that you do. But how did you discover that? And, and you know, because I, I think that's a mystery in life, is how to get to the point of passion and then make a profit with it, which we'll go into after. But how did you discover your passion? Yeah, as I was meditating on that question, my passion has always been helping people. And I think that's the root of of everything that I've ever done. I wanted to be a doctor when I grew up. So that was my my first focus was getting good grades. And then when I decided not to go to medical school, I had spent a couple of spring breaks volunteering in Kentucky and actually then went down and spent an entire year in Eastern Kentucky repairing homes. And it was with that idea of helping people. And then while I was there, I learned about uh, social work. And so I went and got my master's in social work with a concentration in mental health and with the idea of helping people, especially with their Uh, emotions and thoughts and behaviors. And whenever I moved back to Pennsylvania, there was a lot going on. My brother had died at 20. Obviously, it rocked our family. And I had found a certification for past life regression. And so I went to Arizona, and that was when I first learned hypnosis. And when I came back, I, I couldn't do it with the clients then because I was working in a community mental health where that wasn't allowed. But as I was doing that on the side, 
it was life altering, life shifting for people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even just one session and and diving into past lives, diving into that subconscious, I could just see and feel those shifts in people. And so I, I have had lots of iterations of my business. At one point, it was essential oils, and then it was nutrition, and then it was birth education. But it was all things that I was very passionate about and loved sharing that passion with other people. And then I realized, well, heck, you can combine your love of mental health and mental wellness with these skills that you have. And I got my advanced hypnosis certification. And then that way, I can offer these services and really focus my attention in on brain health, uh, that mental wellness and just helping people feel and function their very best. So yeah, my passion is definitely helping people and it's looked differently in different times in my life. But for the last few years, um, well, it's been 14 since I did the the past life work. That's been my focus is moving into the brain health and mental wellness. I'm really enjoying this episode. But you know what? I wanted to take a moment to talk to you, especially to you if you're ready to take this one precious life that we've all been given, but you're ready to take it seriously. If that's you, then pay attention. You know, I'm, I owned an executive recruiting firm in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh my gosh, for years. And I interviewed hundreds, maybe even thousands of people during that time. And I was asked the same two questions over and over. One, what should I be when I grow up, Patricia? And then they'd just look at me and say, I know I, I'm older now, but I'm so nervous now. It was so sad to me. And then the next question, Patricia, I need to find a niche. I need to specialize. Do you think you could help me? And the answer is, yes, I can help. Because it's very sad to me that our school system can never help us with this very important piece of our life. That's called our career. They have to do other things. But I knew that I could help. So I started doing workshops and books and counseling. And guess what? I discovered that people didn't want to do it the way I thought it should be done. Here's what they wanted. They wanted four things as I started working with them. They wanted to do it on their own terms, on their own time, when they wanted to do it. I call that SPL, where you learn it at your own pace, self-paced learning. Number two, they really wanted a community of like-minded people, people that have been where they are, challenged with what they have, and then also got a result. Well, guess what? I started a Facebook group, and it's free, called When Passion Meets Profit. Number three, they were ready to invest, but you know what? They said, nope, only to a certain point. I will not invest in myself if it's not affordable. Okay, check. Number four, they wanted to see a difference. At the end of a program, they wanted to see a difference, a result. Check. Guess what? I met all four of those requirements. I created a program called Your Gift is Your Niche. It's downloadable so you can do it at your own pace. So go to Your Gift is Your Niche, N-I-C-H-E dot com. And I want you to read about that and see if it resonates with you. And, and really move fast on this because this is your life. Remember, this one precious life that you're given. And I, for just a short time, I decided maybe, and maybe I'll continue it forever. I really see that it's helpful. I want to create office hours. Once a week, I want to come on live with each one of you 
You can ask as many questions as you want. You can literally come on and say, this worked for me. Who knows what you'll say? We all need the tools and techniques. We need to be asked the right questions. And that's what this course is about. So if you're really ready to start maybe a full-time business of your own, I don't know. Maybe you're ready to start a side business alongside your career, but you do know that you're ready to find your passion and you're ready to make a profit with it. Then your gift is your niche is your answer. Let's get back to the podcast. You know, when I was listening to you and you were talking about helping people, it's such a broad, broad thing to say that Mm -hmm. because you could help people by feeding the hungry, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it's so interesting to me Elena, that you finally figured out that you could combine all of these things. Because we all have all kinds of interests. But you went down a path that most of us that are helpers probably wouldn't go down. We'd probably mm-hmm. go down the path of maybe coaching or or teaching or something. And so I, I just think that's so interesting, the path that you chose. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it, of course, was ignited with your brother's death. Do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that really shifted my whole worldview and just belief about what we're here for and purpose and, you know, starting to look at those really big, deep life questions. Yeah, yeah, for sure, especially at age 20. Mm-hmm. So so now let's say you are you finally have discovered and you, that you can combine all of this and now you have to say to somebody, this is how much I charge. Mm-hmm. I find in the world of mystics and mediums and so on that that's one of the most difficult things. Was that challenging for you? Oh, my gosh. So challenging. Yeah. As a heart-based spiritual entrepreneur, charging money is mm-hmm. so, so hard. And I actually have done so much work on past life work to and then current life work as well around money beliefs because you know if in a past life we took a vow of poverty well Mm -hmm. we can carry that belief over with us and then growing up of course you're influenced by the the people that you're around and nobody in my family was an entrepreneur and interestingly my brother my sister and i are all entrepreneurs now oh interesting (laughs) yeah Uh, So it was, yeah, that was a difficult path for me. And it's probably something I still struggle with. I was just yesterday trying to figure out pricing for a new program that I put out. And because I want people to be able to do it. I want them to feel better. I want them to function their best. But what I've found over all of these years is that if they don't see it as an investment in themselves, if they are not putting their hard-earned money towards it, they don't take it seriously. That's right. And so there's that piece where I want them to invest in themselves and see it as a gift to themselves. And then also that exchange of energy. Money is just energy. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, I put all of my, all of me into that session. So if there is not that exchange of energy in the form of money, then I'm going to get burnout. I'm not going to be able to continue on this path. And that was a really important aha moment for me is that, yeah, it's okay for to charge money. And that way it's helping me continue in this line of work. And then I can put that money towards improving myself mm-hmm. and getting even better at what I do too. So, so many benefits to to figuring out a good price point. 
Yeah, we all have that. I mean, I don't, if you are in this world of really wanting to help people, just like you said, Elena, you said, um, I just want people to have this. I want them mm -hmm. to live a better life. However, I learned the same thing you did. I put a course together that was a life-changing course, and I just could not stand that people couldn't afford it. And so what I would do, and I mean, it was very affordable, but I, what I would do then is give scholarships. Mm -hmm. And what I discovered is the people that got the scholarships never showed up for the class, yep. and they never finished it, and they didn't get the certification. So mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. You have to have skin in the game, or yes. you're not going to take it seriously. Yes, exactly. And I've even had to play with at what point do people take it more seriously? Because for me, I want the clients who are ready to do the deep yeah. healing spiritual work. And so if it's too low, then I'm getting people that are just treating it as fun. And That's right. I want the people who are committed and who are ready to show up for themselves because I'm ready to show up for them. And so, yeah, it's an interesting balancing act for sure. Mm -hmm. Now think about that little girl you told us about. She's in the second grade and she's crying all the time. She gets to go to grandma's house. I don't blame you. And watch the prices, right? And yeah, it's great. Have, have soda pop. <laughs> That's too cool. But tell, tell us what you would say to that little girl today, because you certainly have so much knowledge and wisdom under your belt now. Yeah, I think I would tell her that she was perfect just as she was. And that there wasn't anything that she had to do in order to be worthy of love. There was a lot of perfectionistic tendencies and feeling like I was responsible for everybody else. And just, yeah, like there's no such thing as perfection. We can only do our best. And there's nothing that I have to accomplish or, you know, take care of people in a certain way in order for me to be worthy and and to be loved so yeah those are some that's massive wonderful. life lessons but yeah wonderful advice you know i wrote a book called i love myself the way i am mm -hmm. and it has a song that goes with it and it's such an adorable adorable book it's about bullying and all that kind of stuff but i noticed when i read it to children crisscross applesauce they'd sit in the gym and mm -hmm. there'd be hundreds of them there and they would hug each other and they'd sing along and they were just darling but when I would when I would read it and show it to adults in an audience, they'd cry. Everybody in the audience was yeah. crying. And I thought, well, what what happened? And it's because of exactly what you just said. They weren't told and taught that you are perfect just as you are. You can love yourself and you don't have to do another thing. Just love yep. yourself. Isn't that crazy? It's so crazy. And it's so true. I, honestly, I see people for so many different things. But it always comes back to loving and accepting themselves, always, yeah, yeah. because that is the underlying. There's something along the way where they they get upset with themselves or somebody else gets upset with them and um, or abuse or, you know, just all of these factors can come into that. But it's it's that loss of loving yourself, understanding that you are worthy just as you are. Yeah. Well, we all have that mean girl inside of us that's saying, mm -hmm. you are not. You are mm -hmm. certainly not worthy. Yes. <laughs> you have to lose 20 more pounds, then you might be worthy. Exactly. Yeah, it's just crazy. And, and that's the really awesome thing about hypnosis is that we can actually go in and find out where that mean girl voice came from and mm -hmm. do all the healing that we need to do around that to get rid of it. And 
that lights me up. The fact that we can go in and say, oh, it was so-and-so on, you know, at this birthday party that said, are you sure you want that piece of cake? And you just took that in and bought it hook, line, and sinker. And now, 45 years later, you're still dealing with body image issues and food issues. You know, it's it's so powerful to be able to go in and take your power back, you know, tell that kid like, um, I'm going to eat the cake and I'm going to like it and that he has no more power over you. So, yeah, it, it's so interesting. Yeah, that's wonderful. Now, before I go on with the golden nuggets that I just heard on this mm-hmm. broadcast, I, I'd like you to tell everybody how they can get in touch with you, because I know people that are listening are going, oh, what's her number? How yeah. can I get in touch? OK, so tell us how okay. to do that. So I, my website is Celebrate Every Step. That is also my Facebook and my Instagram. And uh, my website is going through, going to be going through some updates, but it's still up and functioning as of right now. I do share a lot on social media. And my email is attached to all of that. I'm pretty sure my cell phone number is attached to all of that as well. So I can, you know, people can message or email and reach out with any questions. There's lots of the um, like frequently asked questions, descriptions about the sessions and pricing. And then I also have a YouTube channel where I have free guided meditation and hypnosis sessions also celebrate every step. And I know you're going to link all of that too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if they just look for celebrate every step, they'll find all the things. (laughs) I love that, that uh, title celebrate every step. If we could remember to do that every single day, wouldn't we just be so happy? Yes, (laughs) exactly. And it's a play. I'm a ultra runner. And so when I'm out running or hiking, It was that reminder, too, of celebrating every step, even though it's not always fun or pleasant, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) we can still celebrate the victories and the movement forward. What does an ultra runner mean? Ultra runner is anything over a marathon distance. So 50Ks, 100Ks, 100 milers. I haven't gone up to 100 milers yet, but I've done a few of the others. Well, I am going to try to run to the park today. It's right next door, by the way. Oh, good. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to run there. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you then, can you eat anything you want? Can you eat anything you want? Yes, you, because you no. must be thin. I mean, oh, if you gosh, run like no. that. Oh, I no. wish. I can't eat. I don't eat any sugar or sweeteners. And I don't eat any flour because my body gets inflamed really easily. Oh. And I put on weight really easily. So, yeah, I have that good... Um, like Eastern European peasant stock. So like, Mm. you know, feast or famine, I'm going to be sturdy and solid. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know, it's so funny that you say that because I talked to a runner, I am going to say two weeks ago, and she said, the reason I run, there's only one reason. And I said, what? And she said, because I can eat anything I I want. That's why I was so excited to ask you that question. Yeah, I wish that was my situation. But no, I put on muscle really, really easily. I do jujitsu as well. And I am very, very sturdy. (laughs) (laughs) I've never had anybody say I'm very sturdy. Yes. That's good, Elena. Okay, here are the eight golden nuggets that I took out of this, this conversation. One is, I I really liked that you said right at the beginning, your subconscious dictates your thoughts, your feelings, and your emotions. 
And so the only way you probably can ever get to the subconscious is to work with somebody like you or in meditation. Is that Mm -hmm. correct? Correct. And what I do is give them the tools to be able to do that moving forward for themselves. Perfect. And number two, I loved when you said you have to harness your gifts. I thought that was just such an interesting word when you said harness. Mm -hmm. And number three, where do you store your pain? It's I I didn't know that until you mentioned about the neck or the stomach or whatever, Mm -hmm. and you have the capability of knowing how to release that for people. That's marvelous. Yeah. Number four, and I love this. This is this is my favorite one out of all of them. You can combine your gifts and skills to feed your passion because that's what you ended up having to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really good. Number yeah. five, you also have to release your money beliefs in order to grow. I had to do the same thing. I mean, when you're when you have a chant behind you growing up saying money doesn't buy happiness, you know. Who wants to get to that degree and have tons of money? You're not going to be happy. Exactly. Uh, It's really funny. Uh, Number six, you are perfect just as you are. Mm -hmm. That's what you would have told your little girl. Number seven, always come back. The the problem, I should say, always comes back to loving and accepting yourself. I see that in my my life also. And number eight, and you, you just said this just at the end, you have to discover what lights you up. Because you said, this, now that really lights me up. And even your voice changed. It started getting heavier and fuller and mm-hmm. uh, sturdier. <laughs> yes, sturdier. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, those were really wonderful golden nuggets. And you're just such a bright, wonderful, shiny star yourself, Elena. And I'm just telling everybody that I not only have worked with Elena, I continue to work with Elena because she is that gifted. I And I just can't recommend anybody more highly than than her. So until we meet again, everybody, I want to thank you, Elena, for being your brilliant self. And uh, I'll see you on the next podcast. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you for your time. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for rating and reviewing. It really helps us. And it helps us to know that you're there listening to it, that it's helpful to you. If you want more, you want to go beyond this podcast, guess what? We have a Facebook community just waiting for you to join. It's called When Passion Meets Profit. Until we meet again, it's Patricia Noel Drain.